Yeah, it's your boy Ray Ray on the mic. Let's go. Mic check, mic check. Welcome to On the Mic with Ray White, where we share life lessons, encourage self-reflections, and equip you to take action. My name is Ray White, and I am Juice. That you're taking time to listen to this episode today. And like I always say, because it's always true. We got another fire interview for you. Yeah, let's go. My main man, Will Lewis, comes onto the podcast. He's featured on this episode today. And Will is a high school friend of mine, a good friend of mine, back in the centennial days in Corona, California. And we had the chance to chop it up, catch up on just what life has been like since we graduated from high school. For him, he transitioned from Corona, California to Arizona to go to Arizona State and then got caught the entrepreneurial bug after graduating from there to now starting his own nonprofit business titled Fathers Are Needed. And Fathers Are Needed is a movement that is created to shed the light on the importance of fatherhood. And like I told y'all, like you already know, being a husband and a father is top priority for me and being present in my children's and my wife's lives and my family's lives is it's just number one. And what I appreciate about Will is that not only does he have that same passion to be there for his daughter and, and, and be present in her life, he also is working to create an environment and bonding experiences where others are gaining that same importance and building that same type of passion and being present in their children's lives and through that as you know it creates more memories it helps set the trajectory of our legacies and just impacts the next generation in a phenomenal way and so appreciate that will is standing in the gap for this and creating this space encouraging the importance of fatherhood and and changing the stigma of what fatherhood looks like in our in our world today and we'll be doing a humongous favor is that you go to the show notes of this episode find will's contact on on the website on instagram take a screenshot of this tag him in it tag me in it as well and let us know what did you find impactful in this episode what is one thing that you found impactful in this episode and we'll love to share it we'll love to continue to create this dialogue and the importance of fatherhood in our world today so oh yeah in whatever weather y'all got in arizona i don't know how y'all living out there like a haboob like come on man <laughs> running away from sandstorms like it's mad max y'all that that sounds crazy y'all better stay safe out there because Anyway, listen to the episode to learn more about that piece. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode titled Fathers Are Needed, featuring Will Lewis. All right, man. Talk to me, Will. Big Will. Yes, sir. All right, hold on. Before before we dive into the interview, obviously we're starting. We're we're jumping into this, man. Uh, so for the listeners that are popping into the, to the on mic, I have Will Lewis on the mic. Uh, Will and I go way back because we just talked off mic. It's been 13 years since we graduated high school. Uh, obviously, we've known each other. We went to the same high school, Centennial High School in Corona, California. And then from there, we diverged to different states, different cities. Um, you know, gr- while we were in our high school, college days, he kept calling uh, Willamette Walla Walla. I remember oh, wow. that. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, bro, we near. Oh, man. But, Will, man, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast, man. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm definitely excited to be here. I appreciate you having me. I really do. Yeah, man. So, yeah, we, we both played varsity basketball at Centennial High School. Uh, we uh, both ball. We actually played in the very same position. We battled in the same position. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, practicing against Will definitely made me better. He was a way more aggressive athlete than I was for sure uh, but appreciated just you being a teammate and you being on that squad and all the jokes and all the just the camaraderie that we had shared there um, one quick story though do you remember I think it was this I don't know I don't know where we were but what we were doing but we had rap battle where we were videotaping each other doing a rap battle I don't know if you remember that at all but <laughs> right. Go ahead, keep going, keep going. Maybe oh, I, I don't know, man. I just had this random, I just remember randomly, you know, we would try to freestyle rap battle mm-hmm. video yep. and we send it to each other as if we were battling, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And I do remember, because you you were quick-witted with the freestyle and actually came off mm-hmm. the top of your head. For me, I'm not that good. So what I did, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this or not, but obviously you don't. But what mm-hmm. I did, I wrote down my lyrics underneath the camera to make, it look <laughs> like, <laughs> to make it look like, you know, uh, okay. like, hey, you know, but nah, man, I do. Okay. You know, secrets out now. It's been oh, hey. 13, 15 hey, Whatever years. works, you know, whatever works for you. Hey, it, it worked. It worked. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, man, hey, uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, how, like, um, like I want to tell, talk about this podcast transition from high school to college. And, and we'll talk about some of the transition points, but like I've told the listeners, you know, we play basketball together, but you we transitioned out of we graduated in 2008 and you decided to go to Arizona State in Arizona. Tell me about, a little bit about the decision to go to Arizona State. Why did you decide to go there? Um, so it was a couple a couple of reasons. Um, so I was looking into um, getting into a business school. So I was looking into getting there and I also uh, applied at USC. Um, so as you know, like once you're applying to colleges and, and everything of that nature, you start finding out price points for, <laughs> for different colleges and everything, right? Um, I didn't I didn't realize uh the in-state USC cost and the out-of-state ASU cost was significantly lower, mm-hmm. you know. Um and so uh I mean I was blessed to to have parents to be able to help me with you know, uh, the tuition with, with the college and everything like that. Um, so I was, I was able to get accepted at ASU, um, I guess really based on my SAT scores. Um, so they accepted me there. I started at the business management school from there. And, um, yeah, that's really the, the reason why I guess, uh, that was my final decision. Hey man. I mean, I like the fact that it did start off with what you were aspiring towards from a degree perspective, but then mm-hmm. fortunately, <laughs> Real or not fortunate, <laughs> realizing the prices that it would take and the financial implications right. that takes. Right. I mean, I really wish I knew that too. I went mm-hmm. to a private liberal arts college out of state, so it didn't matter. It was always mm-hmm. the price for everybody. But mm-hmm. you going to a different school, you recognizing that in-state tuition, out-of-state tuition works differently, um, mm-hmm. help make your decision to go to Arizona. Right, absolutely. I'm interested because, again, we all... Not, not many of us transfer from college to college. So the college experience is, is literally what we know and experience. What was the college experience like at uh, Arizona State? Oh man, it was crazy. Um, 
at that time, I heard it. I heard it's not anymore. At that time, when I when I got accepted, uh, Arizona State ended up being was like the number one party school in like America or something like that. Um, I didn't know until after I got accepted. It wasn't gonna change my my decision, you know. Of course, I'm not gonna, you know. But but freshman year, um, freshman year, I'll say at the end of freshman year, kind of slapped me in the face. You know, it was like a, a wake up call. You know, like a will, like you know, get get this stuff together. You know, like a okay, you had your freshman year, you had your little fun. You know, let's get serious. You know what I mean? So, uh, so then actually after my sophomore sophomore year, freshman year, after one of those years, I actually changed my major. Uh, I went from business management to more so. Um, I did an inter interdisciplinary um, bachelor's of science in with business and communications. Because uh, I started realizing I, I like speaking, right? So I, I like doing, uh, you know, being able to talk, you know, things of that nature. So I took like a, a lot of uh, public speaking courses um, uh, and, and just started going that route. And then really the rest is history from there. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely different, especially coming from California. I'm gonna tell you right now, Arizona is hot. <laughs> it is hot in the summer. For sure, uh, I, I was not expecting it. Matter of fact, let me tell you two, a, a story real quick. Um, my freshman year, right? My freshman year, I think it was like my second month in Arizona or something. Uh, I got hit with a monsoon. I had no clue what a monsoon was <laughs> until I got to Arizona, <laughs> right? Like the thing was, I was outside on my, but you remember Carrington? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so Carrington went to school with us too. And Carrington went to ASU. I was riding my bike to Carrington's dorm. And all of a sudden it just starts raining on me. I'm like, okay, yeah, let me hurry up and get inside. You know, like, I don't know what's going on. I, by the time it ju just started right, right when I got to his, his building, by the time I got up, he was on the sixth floor. By the time I got to the sixth floor, uh, I go in his room and I'm looking outside. It's like 60, 70 mile per hour winds. The rain is crazy. I'm like, I was just outside that, like, what, what is going on? You know, uh, fast forward a few months. Um, another time I was on the freeway for going from work, going to home or going, um, uh, uh, to the dorm or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember I was heading down, I believe it was the one-on-one out here, the one-on-one and I got hit with a haboob. A what? Exactly. <laughs> I had no clue what a haboob was until I got out here. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I've never, okay. So a haboob is one of those big sandstorms. Arizona is a desert, right? right? So it's, I don't know how tall, it's crazy, crazy tall. And it just comes, it just comes right at you, right? So I'm, I'm on the freeway. I'm noticing, uh, I'm noticing a whole bunch of people start to get off the freeway and I'm noticing, like, I'm thinking it's clouds. It looks like clouds in the distance. And I'm like, why is everybody, you know, what's going on? Right. And I started seeing it got closer. The dust started getting closer. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you know, now I'm in, I'm in this haboob, I guess is what they call it. <laughs> I'm in this haboob. And then while I'm in the haboob, it starts raining. Right. <laughs> Yes, it started raining. So now I have mud all on my windshield. 
right? Because it's raining dirt and dirt. I'm using my windshield wipers and it broke my windshield wiper. <laughs> so I'm like, I see why everybody wants to get off the freeway now, <laughs> you know? So I ended up getting off my girlfriend at the time. Um, so I actually decided to be like sophomore because yeah, I was with her. So my girlfriend at the time worked at the malls just, just right there. So I'm like, I'm gonna just go to where she's at, you know? Mm -hmm. I get off the freeway and I had like this little pocket, like this big on my windshield. So I'm driving like this, looking at that little pocket, you know what I mean? Just trying to, just trying to get somewhere safe. So that was my first weather experiences in Arizona. Goodness. A yes. monsoon, a haboob, and 120 degree summers. Look, that, that's a lot. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I knew about the two of the monsoon and the heat, but the haboob, mm -hmm. I've never, never, never heard of that. Like that, never. that's, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, that's man. <laughs> yeah, I've never, never heard of that before. So I really, I know that. So for some people, and, and I, cause I've seen this being here in the Pacific Northwest, mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot colder than California. It's mm -hmm. more rainy, you know, it's, it rains 10 months out of the 12, you know, or cloudy at least. Weather is a huge benefactor to people, whether they stay or they go or their mood or whatever. Now, you just experiencing, you know, the extremes of extremes mm -hmm. that didn't deter you from <clears throat> leaving Arizona. But was there a small inkling of like, yo, this weather, man, I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> it, it was bigger than small. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I almost the, the next day. After that haboob, I almost left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what's supposed to happen. Like, I'd rather have an earthquake, you know? Right. We used to that, right? Like, oh, there's anything fall, anything break? No, okay, good, we're good. Let the ground shake. But why is dust like 100 feet above my head right now? You know, in monsoons, but, but yeah, I mean, I did contemplate it and uh, I still contemplate every summer uh, when it gets like 120 degrees out here. Right. Uh, I remember one year, one year I went um, with my, the, the, I had a Dodge at the time and the AC went out. Oh, no. Man. Man. Wow. So, yeah, that was uh, my first really, really bad summer. You yeah. know what I mean? But, but yeah, you know, still here, still here and everything. So, hopefully it doesn't get too hot this year. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, that that's a story. That all yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> so so weather and all you stuck mm -hmm. down you know mm -hmm. even transition majors you found something that was a little bit more applicable to where you wanted to go mm -hmm. as track sports mm -hmm. um did you so did you graduate within the four years did you take a little bit more time after that or uh, did you majors to switch up like switch up your timeline a little bit yes yes so i walked after actually after my fifth year right. uh when i actually walked across the stage. So um, yeah, so because I switched my major, it took me an extra year. Okay. Um, um, and I ended up walking across the stage and um, I was able to walk because of how many credits that I had and everything of that nature. Yeah. So after I walked, I was still supposed to, you know, um, take a few classes after that. Uh, but yeah, I walked at five years. So 2013 is when I- That's Great, that's great, hey, man. Hey, that's a big accomplishment. I mean, you know, like when we think about yeah. you know, folks who look like us, and yeah, right. that time where mm -hmm. it was really low for young African-American males and young African-Americans in general uh, graduating. 
uh, either graduating in general, whether on time or not, but getting through getting their degree, you know, that's a phenomenal accomplishment. So congratulations to you getting that. What did you know what you wanted to do after you graduated college? Um, no. I honestly no. I mean, I had like certain ideas, like what, what I wanted to do, like when I when I finished and completed and, and everything of that nature. But um, I, I I didn't know any routes. I didn't know which route to take. You know, um, I didn't know how to get to where I wanted to get to um, and what I actually wanted to do. Um, uh, overall, I did know the one thing I did know is I wanted to I wanted to be my own boss. Some in some way, shape, or form. That's one thing I did know. Uh, I knew that I wanted to, I, whether it was uh, get into a company or, or whatever, and you know, start a franchise or whatever the case may be, or start some, start something on my own from the ground up. Yeah. You know, where did so that come from? Well, why why did that why did that feeling and inkling was uh, something within you? Like, where did that come from? Uh, I think it started it started when I was in business management, when, when I was in the business management field, um, I started meeting a few people that started their own business. You know, uh, I, I know this guy, he's still out here. His name is John Swan. Um, back then he had his um, own hat, hat um, company. You know, he started, you know, selling hats and things of that nature. I so I was always talking to him about certain things. And um, I think that's where it started. And then I think also, um, because I, I really started having like my, my first jobs, like real jobs out here um, when I was in Arizona uh, during college and everything. And I realized I don't like working for people. <laughs> I realized it. I realized I just, I don't, I don't uh, because some people, I don't want to say all, <clears throat> some people take their title too far. Mm. I, I feel like, you know, they take their title as power. You know what I mean? Um, and at the end of the day, the people that's under you, your employees or whatever, they're still people and they're still humans at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to the point where there's certain, certain places that I've worked at um, where I, where I was, I felt like I was just a robot. You know what I mean? And I, that's just not my style. You know, um, where they forgot that I, when I clock out, I'm still a man, you know? Right. And so every year just kept progressing for myself. Like, okay, yeah, like, yeah, like I know this is not my realm. I need to get somewhere where, you know, I have my own business. I don't have to work with people, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. just kept growing each year. Yeah, now that makes sense, man. It is difficult. It sucks that a lot of, at least especially you know back back then right for mm -hmm. so long, back then <laughs> but uh organizations the way they structure themselves and either how even how leaders step into those spaces it does seem a little bit robotic or mm -hmm. systematic and you are cognitive <clears throat> doing what i say and do um nowadays there is a transition of unrecognizing the humanity that we have how we are we bring in our whole selves to work, making sure that we do feel safe and, and feel like we have like a voice, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. So, uh, so it's good, it, as unfortunate as it is that you know, you've gone through that and I've even gone through that in some context, uh, that lesson is carried forward with us when we do lead our organizations, teams, mm -hmm. future businesses, what have you, because we recognize that we are human, we are men, we are women, right. we are exactly. in this exactly. business, making it go more than just 
whatever task that we are assigning them to do what we we're assigned to do. So that, that's a lesson to keep. That's a good lesson. Yeah, absolutely. 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 What we're, like yeah, go ahead. Between um, when it comes to, to, to those type of styles is the difference between a leader and a boss. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's something I really picked up on. You know, a boss is just going to order you to do something. Doesn't care really about you. All it cares is that you get you so you better get it done. A leader is going to show you how to do it. You know, make sure you're doing it correctly. You know what I'm saying? And 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 do it. Sometimes do it with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so yeah, and 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 with those companies, you know, uh, I also realized like they, you're just a number to them. I know I said robotic, but I was telling them it's like you're just a number. You know what I mean? Like I know somewhere where this person was um, one of my um, coworkers. Were, were sick, very sick, like in the hospital. And the boss, quote unquote boss, was like, okay, so do you know when you're gonna come back? Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, that's when, that's when I started in my head, I'm like, okay, well, this, this is this is where it changes for me. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, they treat you as a statistic and not as a human, yeah. you know? And so it's like, don't don't kill yourself over a place that will replace you the day after you die. Right. You know? And so that's when it really started clicking for me. And I'm just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta start something. I gotta do something, you know? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So there's, there, there, I realize there's two things here that I want to, I want to touch on. One, you decided to stay in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about that transition to where you realize that the workspace, or at least the way that leadership and management was driven to you was not for you. So you decided mm-hmm. to pivot and do your own thing. So I want to talk mm-hmm. about what that, what, what did you start doing that was along the lines of you being your own boss and the, being the leader that you want to be. But first mm-hmm. let's start with the, with the question of why do you decide to stay in Arizona and not go back home or go to a different state or what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, um, so it was the year after I walked. So 2013 is when I walked the year after 2014 is when we got pregnant and we got oh. pregnant with my daughter. Okay. So just the short year after, um, and uh, yeah, and then she was born. So she we got pregnant 2014. She was born in 2015, mm-hmm. and then so um, um, at that time, after a little after she was born, her mother and I split. And so then you know I just decided just you know being out here is right now at least is easiest for because I'm gonna stay in my daughter's life. You know what I mean? I'm you know um, just gonna be easiest for her, easiest for myself. Um, and just the best for my daughter, really. So, okay. yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Oh, that's good. That's good. And I, I, I have a feeling. I mean, I know this. This is where fathers are needed. Came, came exactly. to be. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. <laughs> that, that, that's no good. That you keep that no so then, tell me then uh, that transition from being just a number in an organization to start doing your own thing. What were some of the initiatives that you started doing that really kicked off that? Hey, I'm my own boss. I'm. I'm working to get to this point where I am the the leader of my own time, leader of my own work. What were some of those things that you were doing? Um, researching, actually, okay. researching. Um, my problem, I, I would say, I'm way better at it now, at uh, reading. Now, yeah. back then, uh, even right now, I mean, I hate reading. I hate. Reading. I'm not a reader, right? But back then I would tell myself like, okay, well, you got to read, like, you know, 
expand you have to expand your mind you got to expand your vocabulary you know you got to find out different ways why people why people do this why people do that how were people successful being entrepreneurs how people were successful you know being leaders um things of that nature i kept trying to pick up books for whatever reason it just wasn't resonating you know i just i would fall asleep after like seven pages you know <laughs> but um but um yeah so i just started doing a lot of research though i started um looking up um, um, uh, entrepreneurs looking up different ways to become an entrepreneur looking up what was popular at the time what um, um, what was innovative at the time you know just creative just and just start, I just started writing a whole bunch of things down you know uh, I, like I know fathers are needed or something what I'm doing now but even before fathers are needed I, I'm t I couldn't tell you how many ideas I already had <laughs> you know like oh I could do this I was like, mm, okay, maybe not. Oh, I could do this. Um, mm, maybe that's not for me either. You know what I mean? And and then um, a little bit after my daughter was born, that's when I came up with the whole fathers are needed concept. And that's when that's what stuck. And and that's what I actually because I was more passionate about uh, more passionate about being a father, more passionate about fatherhood and and what I wanted to bring to the table. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I think that's where. I've seen this a lot, right? For entrepreneurs or folks who want to step in entrepreneurship, there's mm -hmm. an element of, you know, you trial and fail until you get to the thing that you stumble on and it, and it clicks and you move forward. And that's one way of entrepreneurship. Another way is like what you stated is you do a bunch of research to really try to figure out what it is that, that makes sense and understanding the market, understanding, you know, other leaders and what they're stepping into, the problems that you can solve and whether or not you would want to solve that problem because there's a bunch of problems everywhere, but do you really want to solve all those problems, right? Like, how do you want to focus in on that? But mm -hmm. then what you stated is fathers are needed came out of a point where it, it, it truly connected to you in your mm -hmm. heart and what you, your, your legacy, your family with your daughter. Mm -hmm. And that really took, that's when you, what, what I hear is that's when you took that first step to say, okay, yes, this is where I'm going to step into and actually put the research put my efforts into making sure that this is excelling and this is successful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, what is the mission of Fathers Are Needed? Yeah, so that is to um, shed light on um, the importance of fatherhood. So we do that by uh, creating bonding experiences between father and daughter or father and son, right? Or kids, et cetera. So um, that's the main goal. That's the main goal. That's the main goal. That's awesome, yeah. man. As you were kicking this off, I, I'm not naive to think that it was easy at the start. <laughs> no. <laughs> the challenges that you were facing kicking this off, kicking, getting fathers are needed off the ground. Um, the buy-in. Um, first, first, myself buying into it, you know? Um, that, that first hump that I had to get over was fear. You know, like, like, you know, okay, what if, what if people don't accept this? You know, what if people don't accept that, you know? And then it's like, it's like, okay, this is the route I think I want to do. Yeah. But would people, would people be okay with that? You know? And then especially with, with how a lot of dynamics and things are now, um, um, you have to be very careful with how you present certain, certain things now, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what was interesting to me was when I first dropped my, my very first video of the introduction to fathers I needed. I remember that women coming at me saying, oh, you hate mothers or, you know, like, so you're doing stuff against mothers. It said, I'm like, no, like that, like, if you watch the video, 
I even said in the video, like how, how important mothers are. Cause I even said like, think about, um, think about, you know, who's the first person you think of when you get on camera, you know, you say, hi mom, you know what I mean? Like things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was very shocked to, to see, uh, um, to see like the women coming at me, you know, but, um, and I was telling them like, look, I don't know how to be a mother. I know how to be a father. I'm a father, you know, I know that aspect. So I just started really sticking to my, my perspective, my, um, um, uh, my experiences. And I, I started buying in, um, on me, but then I started being able to have discussions with, with other fathers, discussions with my family, discussions with my friends, and they started buying in. So once they started buying in also, that's like getting my support system, you know, once I had my, that support system behind me, I didn't care who didn't like it. Mm. You know, Cause I already knew, like, you know, I have my support system, you know, if I fail, okay, I'll find another way to, to make it work, you know? Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, this is also about and for my daughter. I'm not, this is not going to fail. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let this fail. You know, uh, I would have uh, a picture of her on my phone whenever I'm d- doing like working any kind of, um, um, planning things or whatever you know forefathers are needed i would have a picture of her on my phone when i when i would think that ah you know it's getting too stressful or it's getting this or getting that i would look at my phone take a deep breath and get right back to it you know it's awesome i love it man i love the passion and the foundation of it uh and how it's geared towards an aspect of our society that and that, you know, as we know, as fathers, there has been a major stigma of that, especially in our previous generation, you know, and, and um, there's songs about it, there's movies about it, the absent father, all these types of things. Um, and what, what I hear is that you fathers are needed, the bond that is being created is really combating that cultural uh, stigma when it comes to men and their children. And that's needed. Honestly, like that's the fact that we need to exactly. talk about it and actually be about it in that same exactly. Exactly. Right. And what's crazy, what's crazy to me is, is um, I, I we had to go through, we, we, I went through the court system for my daughter with my daughter, um, right. fighting for my daughter, right? And once once that started subsiding, I had to go to parenting class, uh, and that that whole time was was rough for me, tough for me, and tough for me, right? Because I'm literally trying to fight to be in my daughter's life, which I feel like it doesn't make sense, you know. But as I'm in the parenting class, I realized how many other fathers are affected by this, right? Like I was here, I'm hearing stories like the father saying that they would just they would rather just leave it all alone. I, you know, when I'm in those classes and things, I'm just hearing all, all of these stories. And uh, that's, that's really when it clicked for me. Um, one, I knew I, I'm not alone. You yeah. know, I, now I'm, I know I'm not alone with going through all these trials and tribulations and everything, right? Two, uh, fathers got to understand who else it affects, you know? Um, and so that's why with Fathers on Need, I kind of came up with two concepts, right? One is the father's perspective and then the other is society's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it starts with the fathers. Right, because if, if fathers don't take fatherhood seriously, why would society? Um, so when it comes to the fatherhood piece, it's um, about you know fathers that are there already um, on, on one on one side. It is you know to shed light on them, you know to show show society like yes, you know 
their fathers are doing this. There are some fathers that, you know, aren't, aren't walking away, aren't, you know, are, are, are taking care of the kids, et cetera. And then the fathers that aren't uh, uh, is geared towards them to, to, to show them how much it's affecting their kids, you know, to, to show them that it's time for them to step up, you know, because it, it, it has a long-term effect, you know, and that's what, and that's what some fathers don't understand. You know, um, I have, a friend of mine, um, to this day, like, you know, he, we, we in our thirties, you know what I mean? And to this day, it still affects him, you know? Um, and you know, I, I've had people reach out to me. I've had people reach out just, you know, to the Instagram page, et cetera, et cetera. Um, telling me how much they're still affected by their father not being there. And these are people in their forties, thirties, forties, you know, a lot of them are yeah, still, it's still young in their twenties also and stuff like that, but the age ranges, you know? And so, it's, it's about just showing, talking specifically to fathers, like let's, let's get together, you know, all of us, the ones that are doing it and the ones that aren't, and let's step up as a whole. So then if society sees that, you know, the perspective on fatherhood can change as well, you know? That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, man, the last thing is like, uh, you know, and, and, and I think with maturity and as we are growing into our own maturity, right into adulthood and having parent, having uh, kids of our own, <laughs> uh, at least for me, I reflect back on my upbringing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the things that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see what's going on here. Like mm -hmm. I can now, or I see how that, whatever I've done with my, with my children and how I respond to them is something that responds that maybe response that I received growing up too. You know, and so the the lasting effect in the in in the impact that our parents, whether they're there or not, truly affects the way that we see ourselves today, the way we enact today, and then where then how we pass that on to our children. Mm -hmm. What I love is that you know you you're really stepping into that gap into that void to say you you know men, particularly, you still have a role in your child's life, and you Absolutely. need to be there. Um, you know, if you're in a two-parent household, one-parent household, you're still together or not, regardless, your child needs you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we need to be able to step into that space. And that's mm -hmm. awesome, man. Yeah. And so another thing, just to piggyback on that, what was, um, uh, I want to add to that, um, being present doesn't mean you're always there. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I know, I know people that, that they told me that they remember growing up, their dad was always there, but he was on the couch watching TV the whole time, right? Like, yes, you know, he goes to work or whatever, you know, uh, comes home, he's too tired, he's too tired, you know, sit on the couch to watch TV, leave me alone, I'm watching my, you know, I'm watching my shows, I'm watching my sports, things of that nature, you know, and that also has effect as well, you know, um, um, presence matters, yes, absolutely, uh, but it's about how how you utilize your presence right um and and i think that's that's something big that that's a lot of people miss um just yes you're you're in your kid's life yes but what are you doing while you're there what how are you impacting their lives and i'll admit i'll admit you know i've 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 i'm guilty of 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 doing that sometimes as well i've done that before you know i've i've had to catch myself mm -hmm. you know like yeah, I might be tired. My daughter is five years old right now. She has, she's a ball of energy. You know, she's not tired. And she took a nap. She's not tired, you know? So, you know, just because I, I might be a little down or whatever, I, I still, you know, I got dolls to play with right now. 
<laughs> you know, I got a kitchen right here, that a little toy kitchen I got to play with, you know? So, so it's just different perspectives. And, and that's just what I'm trying to bring. Uh, uh, um, like, that's what I'm shedding light on. Right. And so that's why I'm utilizing, I, I, I'm doing all these bonding events, bonding experiences. So then that way, you know, something to get, get off the couch, get away from the TV. Yeah. Right. And so doing, doing hands-on things with the kids. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, man. As even as you say that, I think about just my own engagement with obviously my children. I got two of them, four and two uh, boys, and and uh, just the I had the mindset pre before the pandemic, before the lockdown of I want to be present, you know, I want to engage, want to do that kind of stuff. But then as I've been here, it's been a blessing just being working from home because I can I can't watch them grow. Mm-hmm. I can't look away from the computer if they say, "Hey, Dad, come, you know, come throw the ball with me or whatever." Mm-hmm. Come, come in the house in color or whatever. Like, just those are the memories that mm-hmm. they're gonna remember their dad. You know, they remember see, me seeing here too, but they're also gonna remember saying, "Hey, yeah, Dad took the time out to be with mm-hmm. me, exactly, and engage with me, man. That's phenomenal." And to encourage that is is a great thing to do, man. Yeah, you mentioned really. the bonding. So so fathers are needed from an operational perspective. Mm-hmm. you you have not only are you engaging fathers and meeting what they're at encouraging them uh with their uh, with their youth uh their children what are some of the events or activities that you do to help foster that how do you continue that that uh, message and that mission mm-hmm. yeah so um starting from the first year so um i it was founded in uh november 2nd 2017 um it's actually my dad's birthday so november 2nd is my dad's birthday that's why i i I launched it on November 2nd. My father and father and me, you know. So, so ever since then, so 2018 was the first first year I, I threw my first event. And so I did a um, Father's Day barbecue, a community barbecue. Um, I put out the videos first so people start knowing what, you know, what's going on, what Father's Day is, what it's about. Um, and, and then in June for that Father's Day, um, I, I put on a community barbecue. We had, um, I think it was about like, hundred, a little over a hundred people show up awesome. uh, for the first one. And I was shocked. I didn't think that many people was going to show up, you know, uh, luckily we had plenty of food. Uh, I had a, a, a great friend of mine, um, chef Ron out here. Uh, he came and barbecued for us. Um, I had that support system that we talked about. My support system came out. Uh, I have some of my family came out and they were able to help, um, help with the whole thing. So I did it at a, uh, at a public park. Um, I, I, uh, got donations actually throughout I think it's like a, a two months prior from nice. a lot of people just they just were able to donate I did like a um, what's the uh, GoFundMe the GoFundMe yeah. and so people just started donating so I used that to get all the food you know to get uh, uh, pay for the chef you know pay you know do do everything of that nature and um, it turned out really well you know as, as for the first event and so I did that again the next year so I did um Started doing it each year. I couldn't do it last year, obviously, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year, I did the same thing, same park, but I was able to get um, a big, um, not like a bounce house, but like it was like the, the maze ones. Right. You know, like obstacle course. That's the word I'm looking for. Like a, a inflatable obstacle course. You know, um, I have, there was water guns everywhere for the kids, and it was fun. It was fun seeing like you know um, the kids interacting with the fathers, like shooting the fathers with the water guns, and the fathers chasing them, and you know everything of that nature. Um, and then I also I've also done um, three uh, three successful and consecutive toy drives uh, for Christmas uh, for Christmas time. So for the first 
in third year. So last year was the third year. First and third year I did that. Um, I donated to um, Just Keep Push out here. It's called Just Keep Pushing um, Christmas event. Um, and then the second year, I actually donated everything to a preschool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, and so what I'm actually working on um, right now, bringing back, because uh, at one point we actually had our actually first bonding, um, uh, uh, secluded bonding event. It was father-daughter hair classes. Oh, nice. um, a friend of mine, yeah, her name is Brianna, uh, Brianna Brown. So she actually owns a salon out here now. Um, and she's you know, licensed everything of that nature. So um, she's going to be instructing fathers on how to do their daughter's hair. Great. I was like, I need that. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even, you know, I'm sorry. I had the first hand. I was like, I need, I definitely need that, you know? Um, I remember at one point my daughter didn't have as much hair and I got big hands. I couldn't, I could barely grab her hair to put in a ponytail. You know, so I didn't know what to do. I'm like, what, what is going on? And then now her hair, she has so much hair. Now I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> like, I can't tell you, I was watching YouTube videos, you know what I mean? Like learning how to wash her hair correctly, you know, like different parts and everything. Look, my part game right now is serious. I okay. You know my parts, but that's, that's not even. But, but um, no, but yeah, so, so I'm doing, so we're actually bringing that back. That'll come, that'll be coming back here um, in the next couple months. Um, I'm going to be having those father to daughter hair classes, obviously, because of the pandemic and everything. Mm -hmm. We're only going to allow a certain amount of people. Uh, oh, actually, nobody even knows this yet, but me and Brianna, oh. so hey, here you go. So, uh, <laughs> right, a little exclusive <laughs> job. Um, we're only going to have a certain amount of people allowed in, um, like a, a personal, you right. know, um, for that, but the rest will be virtual. So then we're going to um, do Zoom, do the whole Zoom thing and, and let uh, everybody kind of come in and, and have, you know, fathers have their daughters in the chairs or whatever in front of the video and do it that way. And um, I was supposed to have, um, by a little over a year ago, I was supposed to have a father-son Mm -hmm. uh, barbershop event there you go know. Yeah. Um, but then the whole COVID thing happened and shops were closed and so right now I'm still working on what I can do uh, specifically for fathers and sons you know but um yeah just, just think just things of that nature you know what I mean just something where the, you can get out the house you know be with the kids have fun with the kids you know celebrate fatherhood as well like you know for Father's Day weekend yeah. um and and you know just just bond with the kids yeah. I feel, oh man, I just, I appreciate it that they're, that the focus is on bonding events, right? It's on mm -hmm. activities that can be done outside the house in community mm -hmm. with, with one another and creating memories, you know? Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's so great, man. That, and that's, mm -hmm. I keep saying that's needed because it's true. Not <laughs> that's bonding, mm -hmm. but like that's right, right, needed, right. a, a constructive mm -hmm. um, environment where, I can bring my son, bring my sons to know it's going to be a good time, know they're going to be in an environment where uh, there are other fathers that I can connect with and our kids can connect with, you know, and just um, create those organic experiences under the umbrella of the importance of fatherhood, the importance of parenthood. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that's good, man. And that, that we that we need that in our world. So that's awesome that you're doing that, bro. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Man. So, so what I'm, what I'm interested in, cause, cause you know, 
we talked about how the mission is carried forward to the operational side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being the being that early on entrepreneurship was something that you said, yes, I, I, this is what I want to do. Uh, you know, can't work with nobody, <laughs> but I want to. I want to start my own entrepreneurial endeavor and move forward. Um, what I'm what I'm thinking through is just. You talked about the self buy-in of trying to understand like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can't run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other factors of running a business that you had, that you ran into that, uh, that you like just had to work through? Like what were some of the lessons of just running this business that you can remember? Mm. Um, don't shy away from one. Don't shy away from failures. Um, in the beginning, I would, I would, I know I talked about the fear at first and then I got over the fear and then I would do something. And then if I failed, I would like hide, mm. you know, I was like, oh, I can't, oh, I don't want nobody to know I failed. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want this. I don't want, I don't want people to see this and see that or whatever. But instead I started embracing them and, you know, learning from them, taking them as lessons instead. Right. Um, just like I said, I had all these ideas that was coming to me, you know, I'm writing down all these ideas. And I was go, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do research on this. Uh, I'm gonna do research on this. Okay, cool. Also, this is how I can start it. I would get to a roadblock and then I'll go hide. I would I would tell like maybe like two or three people what I what I want to do, what I'm what I'm gonna work on. I'll get all excited, start telling you know this, telling everybody, and then I would fail and then I'll go hide. Wow. You know? And so what I and so what I actually learned learned from that failure was keep it to yourself. To, to, to keep things to myself, you know, um, the, and the reason being was, um, so that way I wouldn't put so much pressure on myself. Hmm. Right. And so once I stopped, once I stopped blabbing to the whole world, you know, not really talking about it, but more so being about it. Right. Then that's when, that's when things started clicking. That's when things started coming to fruition. Um, you know what I mean? So Definitely, I would say one of the biggest lessons for me was take take each failure as a lesson, learn something from each failure. It doesn't have to be the biggest, you know, uh, uh, oh wow moment, even if it's something small, you know, like um, it could be just I don't know if you're doing a clothing line, I don't know, just a different color or something. I, I don't I don't know, you know, it doesn't matter how big it is. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely that. Um, what else did I run into? Um, uh, I would also say, I mean, I kind of touched on, on it when I said like, not, not, not like keeping things to yourself. If you're going to tell people, tell the right people, find out who the right people are <laughs> to uh, talk to things about. Cause some people are, some people, one, not everybody's entrepreneur. Not everybody has that, that, that mindset. Right. So you tell certain people, certain things, they might not understand what you're trying to do. You know, they, they might not have the vision that you have, right? Uh, uh, you know, some people are so, what's the word, traditional, hmm. you know, um, uh, uh, or, or, or stuck in one way, you know? And, and so I was, you know, I'm telling, I'm telling these people, hey, man, like, look, like, this is what I want to do. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that. You're like, man, like, no, you're not, who do you think you are type of things? You know, that's what I was getting back, like, no, you're not Steve Jobs, like you're not, you know what I mean? You're not Bill Gates, you're not, you know what I mean? And, 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 uh, oh, you don't have the, the resources to do, you know, the, the et cetera, et cetera. 
And so once I started realizing, uh, I took a step back and I started realizing who was telling me the, those, those negative things. And those are the people I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna put you to the left. Let me go, let me go, let me go over here to the people that actually support me. You know what I mean? Encouraging. Um, and then, and then some people, they, they don't get it until you get to it, until you get so far, right? Like not, not everybody is, will be willing to build those bricks with you in the beginning, you know, uh, while you're laying down that foundation, they're not, they're not going to build the foundation. You know, if you're building a house, you got to do the foundation first, right? They're going to wait until the foundation is made. You know, the wood is up when you see that, the, the, the frame of the house and everything. Oh, okay. Now I see you know, I see where you're going now. I see you have the garage over here, the door, but they didn't see, you know, when it was just the blueprint, right. you know what I mean? And cause they didn't have the vision for that. And so definitely watch who you tell, tell, tell things to watch um, the energies that you bring around you while, while you're discussing those things. Um, and, and, and build your support system, yeah. build your support system. Man, yeah. all that's good. All that's good. And any one of those, if, if we're not reminded of the importance of those things can easily derail us mm-hmm. or, or uh, block yeah. them, maybe a roadblock to us even taking that next step, whatever that looks like, because I can, it, it, it's, it's really crushing when you tell somebody your dream, your baby, your vision, mm-hmm see it or they don't they have a hard time grasping what you're trying to say and then mm-hmm. you then you start feeling like oh maybe this ain't it because mm-hmm. it's not clicking as as great as i wanted it to in my right. head you right? right right and and that's unfortunate because that may not always be the case like you said some people may need just to see the frame of the house before they can right. really grasp it a lot of times though um i think we need to be careful when people tell us our vision, people tell us our dreams, and vice mm-hmm. versa, that we don't necessarily shoot it down. Right. Uh, and, but we also are like, okay, like keep going, like, you know, give that encouragement. And then mm-hmm. if they are, if there is that relationship, and like you said, the bond that you have with certain people to say, hey, I'm giving this to you because I trust you and right. I think that you can help me in crafting this, uh, that th- we provide that criticism. And then when we receive that criticism, we don't take it personally. Sometimes, I, maybe I'm I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> I can easily right, <laughs> right, and I can easily tell somebody something, and they 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 get one jab at it, and I'm like, yeah, that hurt me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, I, I have to recognize that this relationship is a loving relationship. This is somebody I trust right. with the, with what I'm telling them, mm-hmm. and they're, they they want to see success out of it too, and so mm-hmm. moving into that, if if we ever face that type of opposition, not being afraid, um, not letting that shut us down, but letting that be a learning moment mm-hmm. for us to say, how can I get better at this? How can I get better at talking about the vision? Or, mm-hmm. oh, that is a blind spot I need to make, make sure I can build, uh, right. make the vision better, you know? Um, right. That's right. good. We got to keep going. That's and that's interesting that you say that, actually. It, may, may, it actually started making me think when you're saying, like, um, you know, uh, the, the trust aspect, right? Um, um, because you can, it can still be a relationship with somebody that you trust, but there can be like a level to that trust, right? Mm-hmm. It, it might not be um, um, 
Yeah, yeah, it could be like your boy or something. Oh, yeah, you know, you can trust him with being around your girl or something of that nature. But when it's something business related or business wise, like again, we were talking about the vision, you might not have the vision for that. So you might not trust him, trust his um, uh, criticism, you know, when it, when it comes to that aspect. But like you were saying, like, you know, the people that you do entrust your uh, 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 or, or want their opinions from, you know, you, you trust that aspect of your business from them. And so that's why you you go to them, right? And that's why you ask them for advice. That's why you get that, that second opinion from, from them and everything of that nature. And I think now after you said that, I think it was um, when I was, again, here we go talking to myself. Um, <laughs> when um, when I was learning, learning from learning from that, I was learning, okay, yeah, I can trust them in this category, but not my business category, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't mean like I don't love them any less. I don't, you know, care for them any less. Like, like my daughter, I can, I trust my daughter loves me. Right. Would I trust her holding a knife? Absolutely yeah. not, right. So you know what I mean? It doesn't mean I care for them any less or, you know, or anything like that, but you know, um, and, and, and what I also found was, was hard was, was them understanding that as well like when I stopped going to them for a certain advice they noticed after a little while you know they noticed and they started feeling a certain type of way you know we had to have conversations afterwards and everything like that but but uh but yeah I think as soon as you said the word trust it like hit me and like clicked you mentioned a bit about what's next for fathers are needed mm -hmm. you know barring pandemic you were on this trajectory towards continuing more bonding events mm -hmm. uh uh, in, in barbecues with Father's Day, father uh, daughter, and then even father son, and, and as well as the toy drive. What are some of the uh, next steps or the goals or the milestones you want to reach with fathers are needed moving forward? Um. So okay, let me see. I, I gave you an exclusive already. I'm trying to see. Much, <laughs> I'm trying to see how much I can say. How much I can I can hold back a little bit. You know. Uh, no, but um um. I mean, we de there's, there's definitely things in the works um, right now. Right now, okay, I can say right now I'm um, um, bringing a bringing a couple people on, um, uh, growing growing the team, um, and so we we'll, we will be um, uh, planning like planning blueprints, everything of that nature for the rest of the year. Um, I have a couple of things in the works already. Um, like one, like I said, the the father the father daughter hair classes that would be out here in the next couple months. Um, there's something else I'm going to be doing before Father's Day. Great. Um, so I'll I'll say that. Can we'll say what, drop that later. We'll drop that later. Uh -huh. Can't say that yet. Um, so that that's gonna that's gonna come out uh, before Father's Day. Um, of course, the toy drive will be at the end of the year. Um, uh, but as far as the barbecue, I'm going to. Um, Switch that up a little bit because uh, the last barbecue, it was 117 degrees. Oh, good. Right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I should think, like, I was, I was lucky. I was blessed that the first year it, it rained. It rained at like five o'clock in the morning, you know? And so first I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, it's ruined. Like if we're not going to have a barbecue, you know, it stopped at like seven seven or eight 
you know, I had people messaging me, are you still going to have it? I'm like, yes, we, we are. So I'm set, I set up, start, I had to start setting up a little bit late, but you know, I was able to, but it was only 75 degrees. Oh. So it was like perfect, right? Perfect for a barbecue, perfect for a day out. The second year, the second year, <laughs> it was 107, 170. Yes, I had, you know, there's water gun, everything of that nature. At the park that I, that I do it at, they have like um, splash pads and everything of that. So, you know, that's why I did it there on purpose because it's hot, but I didn't think 117. And so the looks on people's faces this time, <laughs> you know, I'm seeing people's faces are red, the cheeks are red and everything. So that I, I'm, I'm, I might switch that up a little bit, you know, um, I, obviously when we're able to um, uh, for coming out this pandemic and the pandemic and everything of that nature, it might be switching that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, so something will be coming out before Father's Day. Um, uh, the barbecue, uh, I might be switching that to uh, instead of it being like a Father's like a Father's Day event, I'll just make it like a, a, a celebrate fatherhood, but like later on in the year. When it's cooler, right? <laughs> um, um, man, I'm trying to see what else I could say. Because uh, I got a couple, yeah, I got a couple of things in the works, man. I, I definitely have a couple of things in the works. I can't, I can't get, and that's can't awesome. get too much. Yeah, can't get too much, too much, too much info on it. But um, what I also will say, because I've had a lot of people ask me about this, and this was in the plan from from the beginning, y'all. Um, um, I'm going to, I'm going to eventually. I'm still working on the timing of it. I'm going to eventually start having discussion groups for fathers. Ooh, there we go. Um, you okay. know, so. Um, that, that's something that was really big for me that I that I wanted to do even before I you know brought this to the world uh, discussion groups um, and um, uh, like speaking sessions you know for 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 fathers and fatherhood you know what I mean so and when I say speaking sessions um, I, I tell this like my friends and my family know this but when fathers are needed actually came about I had a dream oh sound like okay look at that Here we go. Um, i actually had a dream i actually had a dream and the dream i i dreamt it three times yeah it came to me three different times and it was actually uh myself it was in crazy part about it i was at centennial okay uh, at the centennial basketball court okay. okay so i had a podium on the on the basketball court right and i had i remember i had a white button up black pants and um, the podium had a mic in it. And there was a whole bunch of men sitting on the court in front of the podium, okay? And I'm talking to all of the men. And then I grabbed, I remember I, I, I remember like I had the dream yesterday. I grabbed the mic and I start walking through the fathers and I'm talking to them about my experiences, talking to them about what's been going on for me. And, um, um, and so ever since then, that's when it, I, that's when I really started coming to me like, I need to do something, you know, like I need to do something involved with fatherhood. And then that's when all the other stuff with the course, court systems and, and the parent classes, all that stuff came together. So that's something I, st I still plan on doing. Um, um, and I think it's going to be really big also is, is those like fatherhood discussions. Mm -hmm. um, and then also in the future, um, I'm actually going to be, I'm working with, I'm working with a lawyer um, for to have like laws, rules, regulations, and everything of that nature on the website. Um, mm. Because so many things that I had no clue about, like when I went to court, I had no clue. 
um, fortunately, when I went, it was like a year and a half before I went that Arizona turned to a father state to where the father automatically has 50-50 and you have to prove that he's like um, uh, an unfit parent. Wow. Before, before that, yeah, here in Arizona, before that, I guess it was like the father had to prove why he should get 50-50. Wow. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so, and so I'm working on, you know, getting, getting that type of information for fathers, you know what I mean? For, um, uh, for states and everything of that nature on the website, that'll come also at a later time. But, um, yeah, man, there's a lot, a lot of planning, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff going on and I'm excited about, can't wait to, uh, can't wait to bring them. That's so awesome, man. You, you're, you're moving forward. You're taking steps, you're taking bold steps you know, filling the gaps, you, you're using your story and your experiences to help fill that for others who are going through it. Like, so that, like, just what you stated with the legal piece, like, that's something I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that existed. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's phenomenal for those who, you know, unfortunately are going through that. And mm-hmm. if you've gone through that, but you were able to turn right around and use your story to help other people mm-hmm. shape their experiences that could be better. Um, potentially than what you've experienced or even just get it to the point where they know and they're informed in, in, in that regard, man. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, fathers are needed conferences in the works, yeah. you know, you got a book, you got, it sounds like you got a book ready to go. <laughs> like you got a keynote ready to go, man. You, you're on the move, man. Yeah. Look, I'm telling you, I'm t- when I start getting these ideas, like I have a whole book, I have a whole, uh, uh, those, comp- those composition books. Mm-hmm. I have one full, one is completely full. And I have another one uh, that I had to, you know, I just started getting new ones because uh, I was just, just everything that I plan. Uh, it's funny, like whenever I, whenever something is time for something to happen, uh, I take my book, I go to BJ's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. nachos, you know, uh, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I do. This is my trick, right? Uh, I get my headphones. You know, I get my headphones so I don't I don't talk to nobody. I go there, I go by myself, I don't care. I go by myself, mm-hmm. I pen, my pad, you know, I order my nachos, give me a drink, and I, I sit there and I whatever comes to my mind about about that event that I want to put on, I write everything down. And then I, I plan everything out. You know what I mean? And then once I'm done, once I'm satisfied, I give me a bazooki. Hey. You know, that's my reward right there you know what i'm saying like <laughs> and and that's and you know because because you know not not only do i want to you know bring all these events out here but i want to do them right you know what i mean i want to i want to i want it to be quality as well you know what i mean and and because it's something that i take very serious and i'm very passionate about it, you know um uh but yeah and 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 also you can't go wrong with a bazooki so yeah. <laughs> you know never ever it's been years man and yeah you know i think the nearest bj for us is washington so mm. so so more than a couple miles away or a couple couple hours away so it's it's amazing yeah so you know i'm, I'm missing that busy life but no but i love i love the routine i love the routine what you do to get yourself your mind right to make sure that you get it all down and, and how how like impactful it is to at least to, to write it down, because I know that's a lot of people, a lot of people get tripped up to, to think that, oh, I'm going to remember that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we got, I don't know how many different types of thoughts we're going to do our mind on a regular basis. Then mm-hmm. we just look back to that thought and like, but dang, what did I, 
I had a great, I had a great idea and I lost mm-hmm. it. I didn't take the time to write it down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and what you've done is you minimize that, say, you know what? No, I'm a, t- I'm a schedule, regular schedule program. I got mm-hmm. my routine. I got my thing down and I'm going to make sure that this vision, this dream that I have that's been placed on me and my heart mm-hmm. to put it down and make sure it happens and make it plain. Right. Right. And then be able to then take that next step through bringing the right folks to your support group to make it happen. And uh, uh, and I just love the fact that this whole initiative is bigger than you. And Mm -hmm. you're not trying to glorify yourself. You're not trying to glorify your own ego or what have you. It's like, no, like this this is for my daughter. This is for other fathers. Mm -hmm. The same sentiment and and wanted to move beyond just Mm -hmm. her own personal game. And that's that's great. I, I yeah, it. yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's all about sharing the knowledge, you know. And and like you said, it's big. It's bigger than myself. I didn't even. I didn't even understand how how much bigger it was, you know, from from the start. Um, um I guess I'll say this. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I've had people reach out all, all the time on 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 Instagram, you know, um, telling me their stories, you know, telling me how how what I'm doing is helping, and I and I feel like I haven't even done enough yet. You know, um, just from those videos, those first four videos that I dropped out, I, I had, I think I was making either the second or third one when I started bringing other fathers on. Um, I, it was, it was the third one. Um, I had one of the fathers on there. He pulled me to the side and he was like, man, like, look, like, uh, I just want you to know, like two of his friends, he's from LA. One of them was like going through the court system and he wanted to give up, you know, he wanted to give up. And he said that he sent he sent him my videos, like from the fathers are needed videos. And after he was like watching those videos, he was like, yeah, so he stayed and fought and he was able to get 50 50 with, with his kid, you know, and the other one wanted no part wanted no because of his relationship with the mother, but then he didn't understand the impact it had with the child. Right. And, um, and he told me because of that, he sent him the videos. And because of that, he started, you know, having like visitations with the kid and understanding that, you know, he, he doesn't want his kid to grow up being affected by that. Do you know what I mean? And, and it really touched me when I first heard that. And when I heard that, it was like reassurance, like, I, I have to keep, you know what I mean? I have to do this. I have to keep going, et cetera. You know what I mean? And, and so like, I, I, I always tell myself like each year, like, um, when I, I, I make a list of goals for me to do each year, but one of my goals that I do, I say is impact one life, mm. change one life a year, you know what I mean? And, and, and I look to do that through fathers on you. If I can do that elsewhere, perfect. But with the fathers are needed, you know, I, I think that that's, that's something I can definitely, that, you know, can definitely be accomplished. That's awesome. Mm. Awesome, man. Hey, stay the course, bro. That's awesome. Glad you, I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad you're in it. I'm glad that you're making these videos. I'm glad you have this this entity in this body that is impacting so many fathers and then eventually their children's lives. And it's just right. going to continue to cascade down, man, and create a positive life, fatherhood, and society in a way that's fatherhood, man. That's dope. Uh, the last thing, um, before we get to the last question, I would love for you to you know, plug anything. I mean, you plugged everything from the event. <laughs> right. So people can find you to learn more about you, learn more about Fathers Are Needed, and how mm-hmm. they can even uh, help support uh, any way that they can the, the mission and the movement that, you, that you've created. Okay. Um, so first, the website is just fathersareneeded.com. 
Um, you guys want to go check out the website. Um, my sister actually plug for my sister. My sister actually uh, created my website. I had it revamped um, last year, um, and so my sister did that. So y'all let me know how you guys like the you know like the new website. Um, again, shameless plug for my sister. Yeah. Uh, fathers, are, fathers are needed. Right, right. Got to you know. I love my I love my little sister. Um, so fathersareneeded.com on there. There's also a donate button for anybody that would like to donate. Um, uh, we are going to be fully a, a fully nonprofit organization. Um, I was an LLC, or I should say am, am an LLC, but we're transitioning over to a nonprofit organization currently. Um, and uh, so then with us also father, uh, Instagram, fathers are needed, just at fathers are needed. Um, you see all the fathers. Uh, that we have on there your boy ray is on there as well you know on on the page um um and then facebook um i believe it's at fathers are needed and then the number two so we have a facebook page as well so fathers are needed and the number two um yeah so then we also have like a contact us if you um, have any ideas if you are or, or, or need to talk about anything or anything of that nature when they get plugged in um contact us page will be on the um fathersoneeded.com website. I love it. I love it. Yes. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely plug all that in the show notes and get everybody involved and plugged in. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, especially, I know we were recording this early in the year, but um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the ways that I, I I want to, I'm continuing to help support Fathers Are Needed is through the toy drive that you do at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, I'm, you know, excited to do more and help support that as well, because I love the mission. I love the movement that you're doing, man. And, and I would love for other folks who, um, who, want to see this and should, we should see this moving forward as well so mm -hmm. we're moving in that way man so we'll get all that plugged in the show notes um the last question so you know we we started this journey talking about centennial uh <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about our younger selves and how old we are now but talking about our younger selves and one of the things i want to ensure that as, as, we, as we do in our various spaces is make sure that what we teach and what we share it has a has an impact in the next generation that they learn and they we mm -hmm. give them some lessons and tools to help them succeed. Mm -hmm. What would you tell the you know the younger you back in that college age, you know, mm -hmm. just starting out, getting your getting your feet wet in that regard? What what mm -hmm. what would be an advice you would give to that person, to that individual who is just starting out and getting getting their feet wet into the world? Mm -hmm. um, I would say don't be scared. Uh, don't be afraid um, and stick to stick to your route, stick to your stick to your lane, stick to your plan, stick to your passion. Right. Um, uh, nobody, nobody has everything figured out. Right. There's not one person on this earth that has everything figured out. And also things are tailored differently from from each person. Right. And so stick to you, be you. Do not fluctuate. Do not, you know, uh, uh, get away from whoever you are. Um, you know who you are better than anybody else. Stick to that. Stick to your route. And stick to your plan. And take things serious. If I'm talking to myself, if you're gonna, if you're gonna tell me, take be serious. Take things serious because life is not a joke. You know, life is not a joke, and life is not um, uh, forever. Mm -hmm. You know. And you don't know, you don't know when your time, when your time is going to come, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, we know somebody in high school that passed away, you know what I mean? Like, um, I know people in college that's passed away, 
you know what I mean? Um, my uncle just passed away a week ago, you know? So it's like, it's like, yeah, don't, don't take it for granted. That's the word I'm looking for. Do not take life for granted, you know, cherish everything, but take things serious and whatever you're going for, stick your course, stay your course, stay your route, stay your plan. Love it. Love it, man. Hey, man. Will Lewis, the legacy builder out here doing phenomenal things. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast and sharing your story and sharing the mission and the work that you're doing and also sharing the, uh, the lessons and, and the advice for the next generation to carry forward. So, Will, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's an honor. I really appreciate it. Dope, dope. Yeah, there. Let me out that. There it is. Boom. Yeah.